Hello, and welcome to Leaders Ignite, a podcast for people who are interested in upgrading their leadership abilities in the workplace and in their life. I'm your host, Brent Burkhart, and I'm here with Lead Peak Performance's Mary Burkhart and Ed Davison-Gwen. This podcast serves as a supplemental to their online course, which is available at leadpeakperformance.com. Mary, Ed, welcome back. Hi. We were talking earlier about this concept that you both have about the third mind, what it takes to develop this, and how it's important, really sort of the cornerstone of innovation within the workplace. It's something that we work with our clients every day on, and creating that third mind is whenever two or minds come together, we have this great opportunity to create something new, to create something bigger than any single mind on its own. And whether we call that the middle way or the third mind, what we have the opportunity is to truly make diversity come alive. And it's talked about so much, but when we get together, we have this opportunity every time. And the more diverse minds, the more diverse ways of thinking we can bring together, the more opportunity we have to create this this third mind and third way of being. And of course, when you say diversity, a lot of people are instantly going to think of just race or skin color. But when you say diversity, you mean... Race, skin color, ethnicity, religion, everything. Gender doesn't matter. The more diverse perspectives we can bring together, the better we're going to be at creating this third mind. It's so true, Ed, because uh, we only know what we know. We only have our perspective, and it's through really engaging with others as diverse population, diverse discussion we can have that we can really create this third mind and find out, so what does emerge? What do we discover? And it's not I'm right or the other person's right or I'm right and the other person's wrong. It is we just remove that from my mind, right? And we say, you know, here's a topic. Here's let's let's talk about it and let's see what we discover. Let's see what emerges. It takes me to fabulous film. Uh, years ago from the 50s, I think maybe 1957 or 53 back in that time. I mean, that was the setting, and it was 12 Angry Men. And the lead was, be, you know, was one of the jurors, was being asked over and over and over, you know, what do you think? Are you ready to vote? Are you ready to vote? And the other jurors had an opinion about it. And he said, uh, no, I'm not ready to vote. I'm not ready to vote. He kept saying, I just want to talk about it. And indeed, by enduring incredible pressure and demands and body language, I mean, people standing over him, the other jurors, you know, pointing their finger at him and him saying, I just want to talk about it. So there was the third mind. It wasn't, you know, one way or the other. They discovered together that this young man was not guilty. Without that third mind and them coming together and being able to see it as, you know, as, as, a, as a body of jurors, uh, they would have convicted the wrong person. And Mary, that's such a good example that you give of 
they couldn't work and the third mind couldn't be created until people could open their minds. So this third mind is so dependent on the, having an open mind and being open to different ideas, different perspectives, and having that mindset that I already know everything I know, but if I can listen to somebody else, maybe I can discover something that I didn't know in a perspective that I couldn't have had. And maybe I'll even be able to see through a lens that wasn't clear to me before because now I have this different perspective. And when we can do this enough, that's the opportunity for such self-growth and we can grow beyond anything that we've experienced because now we've heard from others. A good practice for in and out of the workplace. It reminds me of that old quote, and I wish I knew where it came from, but it was the question, why do people who have the most closed minds always have their mouths open? And it's funny, but it's also true. And when our mouth is open and we're given our opinions, that's fine, but we're not hearing somebody else's opinion. And then the opportunity for that third mind is shut off. Yeah, and it's extreme, right? Somebody could have lived three times a year years you've lived, right, that a young leader has lived, a young person, but they have nothing to learn. So they just keep talking and they keep talking without ever thinking, having this open mind, could we create a third mind here? I know what I believe, could I hear what, you know, triple the number of years that I've been alive, could, is there something to be learned there from those years and that experience? Or do I just keep, just keep talking? And we see it personally, we see it professionally. People just listen to respond and say whatever they think next without becoming different because of the conversation, right? And you would hope as we go into any conversation, there's something to learn. And we might, you know, just catch a little thing in the air that makes us think, ooh, you know. So when I come out of the conversation, I'm different than when I went into it. Without that, you can't create a third mind. And the, the opposite could be true, too. A person with much less experience could be shut off from the conversation, too. Absolutely. And, and the person with three times the life experience could have been living the same life over and over again the same day and be closed off to that, that openness. So it doesn't matter. And that's where the more perspectives that can come together, the better. Yeah, what does emerge, right? What can we create together? What do we discover together? It's not my mind or the other person's mind. It's the synthesis of that to get a different perspective, maybe a better perspective, a more unique perspective, come at something a different way but I, I think that when people try to solve and have their own opinions or solve a problem and they don't connect first as people, now I think a lot of countries, uh, you know, people in their personal life and in business world, they do this a lot better than, than I think we do here. I think, I think here in the U.S. we have a lot to learn because if I look south of here to other countries, if I look to the, to the far east, it would be so impolite to just start, you know, trying to solve something, agree, disagree, batting it back and forth, until you first connect as human beings. And when you connect first and then solve problems or, or, or opportunities, right, and then we can really be open at the top to try to create a third mind and not just defend our mind. Definitely a powerful tool, this third mind. I'm sure people are pretty curious, though. How does one 
cultivate a third mind, whether that's in an established workspace or whether you're a new leader coming into a new workspace, how do you facilitate that third mind? And this is where we get into really the heart and soul of true leadership development or any development. And what we describe the development process, you get a group of people together first, the more diverse perspectives, the better. You give some kind of talking point or something to think about, and you listen first to the group's perspectives, and then each person goes inside and says, okay, how do I think about whatever we're talking about based on my experience? Could be anything, my religion, my upbringing, my culture, my family's culture. How does all my experience play into how I view whatever we're talking about? And then we listen to each other's perspectives and hear from each other how we each view it. And then when we can do that together, we have the opportunity to create something bigger and something better than any one person on their own with their one perspective. And then, of course, whatever we learn through that conversation, hopefully we've become a little different. And then we can go and apply our new ways of being into our everyday lives and at work. Yeah, exactly. You know, and a lot of times the way you and I work with teams and, and, and executive teams and, and all kinds of other teams on this is we say, okay, there's leader A and there's leader B. Leader A walks in the room with a team. They've got the answers, they know their answer, and they walk in and they say, here's the goal and here's the way I think we can get at it, at that goal. Here's what we can do. And of course, then everybody else just shuts up. They don't say anything, right? It's funny because, of course, what you're describing right now is almost the traditional or even stereotypical image of what a leader is, you know, possessing qualities that some maybe more old school people might find desirable in a leader. Someone who can walk in a room and just go, here's what we have to do. You, you, and you go do it, this. and Yeah, everybody has a little laundry list and they run out right, to do all of those things, and Ed and I put forth all the time that managers do that every day. That's what they do. Leaders never tell what they can ask. So visualize this. Think about this. Leader B goes into a room and says, you know, here's what we need to accomplish. Here's a vision. Uh, of course, we hope it's a shared vision, and they have had some input into the vision, but they walk in, and there's a goal, or there's a vision, and then they start talking about, now I've been giving this a lot of, of thought about how we can get to this goal or to this vision or to accomplish whatever would need to be accomplished. What are you, what are you all thinking? You know, I have some thoughts about it, but I really, first, I want to hear how you all are thinking about it. So when leader A goes in the room, they own the solution. When they leave, they own the solution, and now they have to sell it. Leader B goes in the room. Here's what we need to solve. Here's, here's a goal. Uh, here's a vision we need to get to. What do you think? What's everybody thinking? What are some, you know, what are our best ideas? I want to hear from everybody. What are your best ideas of how to do it? And so, you know, this creation, this solving is done in this socialization process, this leadership process with the people involved. So then when leader B goes out of the room, you know, it wasn't theirs when he or she went in, it wasn't just theirs when they went out. They don't have to sell it. 
They don't have to sell it to get implemented because it was created together with the team and people see themselves in the solution, the how to get to some goal. They hear their voice in it and there's nothing to sell. And they're much more likely, the team, to go out and implement like mad because, you know, people don't like to have things done to them. <laughs> they, liked, they like to participate and be a part of the process. There's a big difference between what we call leader A and leader B, but it's really manager A and then leader B, never telling what you can ask. And so there's so many barriers to this, right? You bring a group of people together and often we talk about time mind travel. Our mind is going to some place other than right here, right now. Even if my physical body's here, I'm thinking about something that I just said a little while ago or something that happened yesterday or my mind's going to the future and I'm thinking about all the things that I have to do or need to do and to actually be present with somebody else and hear their perspective and really try to understand what they're saying and where they're coming from. It takes such intention. It takes intentionality. It takes caring. It takes so many things to truly be with somebody. And there's another old saying that we have two ears and one mouth. And if we can all use those appropriately, we'd have the opportunity to learn twice as much as when we're just constantly talking, saying our piece, and then thinking about what did I just say versus listening to the next person and their piece. It truly is it truly is intent, right? Because leader A or manager A, as we as we explore this a bit more, is walking in the room or in any conversation to, to prove how smart they are to other people. But of course they're really trying to prove how smart they are to themselves. And so they come in, here's the goal, let me tell you the answers, here's the way to get here. Do you all agree? Do you all agree? And everybody nods their heads, of course, because they're not gonna challenge they're not going to challenge the leader, whoever the leader is in that situation. So really look at creating this third mind. Um, you really have to have a very stable, settled person, leader. If not, you know, ego's going to flare, and I'm going to convince people of how smart I am. I know the question, I know the answers, and I and then I sell everybody the answers, I create it, you know, then I, I have to go out and sell it to people, but they weren't a part of the process. <laughs> so people like their own ideas a lot more than they like the ideas of someone else, that's for sure. And another barrier is it's hard for people often to see and hear people that aren't like themselves, whatever it is. It could be another person's innate energy. It could be race, ethnicity, gender, whatever it is. Often, unconsciously, we hear more of people that are like us and we hear less of people that aren't like us. So to have that intentionality when we're together to truly hear all perspectives, even if we disagree with it at first, it takes that intention and it takes that caring and it takes that interest and um, curiosity and wanting to learn more and to do more. Is there a way to practice getting to this third mind? Some sort of checklist that you can, you know, whip out in a group or in a situation so that you can have the best chance to cultivate that third mind? And again, that's such a good question, and it, it comes down to that intentionality. So approaching every situation 
with that open mind and that thought to self, what can I learn? What can I be learning right now? What can I learn from this person? What can I discover? It's really that curious mind. And unless we come in with the intention to learn and to grow and to become more, it, it's going to be really hard, even if we have a great checklist of things to do, starting with that intent is key. It is key. And acting on that intent, that means I'm going to be asking people, you know, on my team or with any group, you know, of people, what do you think? How do you see this? And sometimes people, you know, who are more introverted, they are thinking it in their head, but they may not put it out in the room. So I'm not going to only invite, and this is very important, I'm not going to only invite each person's uh, input, I'm going to require it. Because at some point, I'm going to make myself, you know, go, you know, really throughout that the room or around the table and say, you know, so what do you think about it? Uh, and what would you add to that? And how do you think about that differently? So we can take this to really a very practical level and behaviors of the leader that not only invites input, but actually in a very socially acceptable way, requires it. And I think if that's the intent to get input, to get different viewpoints, we have to go right after it. You're listening to Leaders Ignite, a podcast for people interested in developing their leadership skills at work and at home. I'm your host, Brent Burkhart. Lead Peak Performance serves your needs with strategy development, leadership growth, and personal transformation. Its services and their book, The Power of How, are available now at leadpeakperformance.com.